You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Hello, everyone. I know you've been waiting for a very long time to be involved with all of the amazing things that we're doing at Rare Drop, and now is the time. We are introducing the Rare Drop Patreon, so if you've ever wanted to get involved with experimental content or being at any of our podcasts early to listen in, well, all of that is available in the new Rare Drop Patreon. Check it out. Hey, everyone. This is Wayne from Kings Coast Coffee. The holidays are in full swing over here. Our famous King's Cocoa is returned for the season, as well as our holiday tradition, the Christmas blend. Keep an eye out for a special retro roast, midnight release, as well as the 12 days of King's Coast. So head on over to kingscoastcoffee.com for your one-stop holiday shopping needs. Yes. Hello, everyone. Hi. What's up? It's nice to see Hi, you again. Uh, <laughs> it's it's time for Broman Podcast episode 120. 22. Wow. Uh, and our guest tonight is Janessa Christine, the CEO of Phoenix Down uh, or Phoenix Hi, Down everyone. Co. Yes. Yeah. Phoenix yeah. Down Co. Uh, company you, or company something. corporation. <laughs> so you you may uh, you may recognize that name uh, because we at Rare Drop did you know some announcements. They recently announced you know opening their doors and getting into business, and we uh, at Rare Drop are minority stakeholders in the company so it's very it was very exciting uh it's been a it's been a year with lots of of upheaval and lots of change and uh lots of things you know uh, reorganizing in ways you wouldn't expect and so one of the things that has come out of that is phoenix down so i think from just the beginning here same question i ask everybody on the podcast is what ha- what's what has been you know your life up to this point sort of guiding you or getting you to you know, the current position that you have running this brand new company in this, you know, new space? That's a big question. I mean, I could start like when I was born. You could if you wanted to. (laughs) I wouldn't stop you. Um, Well, we went into a lot of like my early childhood and like early gaming stuff on Kevin's podcast. So probably just like skip through that. But yeah, I've been like a lifelong gamer my whole life. Um, I started with SNES. but I was kind of the only one that gamed in my whole family. Oh, wow. Uh, there's there's three girls. I'm the oldest. My other two sisters, they don't play any games. My parents used to, like, go to the arcade when they were dating because that's what people did. But other than uh, that, okay. like, I was the only gamer in the family. <laughs> um, so it's a little bit new and different for them. Um, I grew up always, like, thinking I was going to be a news reporter. And then I interned at a news station once. I was like, no, can't do it. Um, not doing it it was it was really uh kind of cutthroat and i am all about like helping people and doing the right thing that's kind of what's let like guided me my whole life and i didn't feel like the news was that outlet that let me do that so after college i went to college um at ucsd i studied communication and i minored in writing and theater Um, I was the first in my family to go to college, which was like this huge thing for them. Um, I like to brush it off. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like "Eh, student loans, but I kind of realize it's kind of a big deal. (laughs) First one to college is a first one to college is a big fucking deal. Um, I think for my family, I think I was, um, you know, my mom was the only one that went to college from her group. And then, you know, I was the first grandkid to go to college. And there are a lot of grandkids. 
Um, so, uh, also, you have a big family too. Um, I wouldn't say we're close. Uh, I have a very large extended family, but uh, that whole thing is like unfortunate and weird. I have plenty of cousins that are older than I am, and I am the first one that went to college. So, like, they're from rural yeah. Illinois. You could probably put the rest of the pieces together. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, the I think that I think that yeah, like if you're the first person in your family to go to college, it is really hard to like accept that that's special because you feel like that was your trajectory. Or for me, I felt like it was my trajectory my whole life. Definitely. Yeah, yeah I think I was very. I don't want to say like socially engineered, but it was very much like my parents' goal for my life was to go to college. And that automatically meant that you were going to get a good job, which is not a thing anymore. Um, (laughs) But yeah, there was through a lot of sacrifices from my parents. That was like the main thing. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to. I should probably check with my dad, but my dad um, doesn't even have his GED, which is like was a complete family secret for a long time because I think that they thought that it was going to be we were going to look down on him or something but he's a very Mm. successful guy you know he's like at the top of like a construction scaffolding company so um but it's it's funny to look back and realize this and then find the meaning in it because I'm very much a proponent of you don't need to go to college to be successful but at the same time you know, I should probably be a little bit more appreciative of <laughs> my hard work, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, for college, like it's hard. I think that you, you brought something up for me that was definitely the like the tone of my high school into college was like, you're going to go here and you're going to get a good job. Like my dad was a company man. Like he worked mm. at um, like he well, his goal was to like to always become a company man, and he did independent contracting for a while. And then when like he when he finally got, it took him like fifteen years, but he finally got a job, and he's stuck with that one company for like two decades at this point. Yeah. Um, and it's it's crazy because he used to give me the same advice, like get an education and then like work for a company, and then they'll take care of you. And I'll never forget, I was like twenty three or something. I was back home for a thing and he literally said to me he's like ben i wanted to change a piece of advice i've given you my whole life don't trust any company they're not looking out for you <laughs> like he's like i see what everybody's doing and i see all of you graduating with these degrees that i wish i had at your age and none of you can get a job he's like just he's like i don't know anymore what you're <laughs> supposed to do but it's not what i did i love that he like went back and retconned that he did you know <laughs> he's he's a guy that he he always if you present him with good information, like he's always going to change his mind, yeah. even if he, sometimes he's stubborn. But um, <laughs> there's, yeah. I had this similar um, situation and it's, it's skip, skipping ahead in the timeline a little bit. Yeah. But um, when I told my dad that I was going to try to create a company, um, he's he's very hardworking and very safe. And for like the first time in his advice to me he was like you know i worked at the same company since i was 18 years old Mm. i've like never left and i don't have a retirement i feel like i work harder than most of the people there that own it um i should have stepped out and created my own company years ago Mm. and if you want to do it we'll support you like you can stay here i still live at home wow but like it was very that's awesome it was very nice to hear that they were supportive of this crazy venture (laughs) 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's it's always scary when I think to parents because I had a similar conversation. Um, well, I just, I was discouraged when I just told them that I was going to go full time streaming. Um, yeah. but I mean, they changed their mind now. We didn't talk for two years <laughs> afterwards. I think that helped. Um, they were like, "We think it's a bad idea," and I was like, "Cool, talk to you when it's not." Um, and then and then you know after I was full time. And then I met my wife, and she was like, "You should really talk to your family." And I was like, "Fuck them!" for like a year, and then and then you know she slowly got me to start talking to them again. But it was a rough spot. So it's really it's really cool that your your dad had the insight to be like, you know, I wish I had done this. So yeah. you know, I'm all in for supporting that. What's what is um so so kind of moving like moving towards starting the company, what what did you have in mind like when you were going into creating this, you were like, I want to build a company that does X. So like what was what was the goal and like the differentiating factor between, you know, what you wanted to do and what was out there already? It's kind as of a big question. It's came, okay. Yeah, I know. Um when it came to Phoenix Down, I don't know. Like that was that was the question. Like, what mm. are we going to do here? What can we do here? I knew that I wanted to help people. Um, that's what I've done in my content creation, like career from when I started out as a streamer to like helping out with stream teams. Um, I helped coordinate and organize a lot of events uh, and just like networking, getting people together. And then through my work at OPG, it was always this, this, sort of like a moral thing of like i need to help people because they are talented but there's just there's a lot of little like nuances and things that i'm very detail oriented and i sort of pick up on and i don't think that like everybody sees that full picture because you know they're, they're focused on other things they're focused on creating content and playing the game and and being that entertainer space um and i like to say that some like an outside perspective kind of person can almost like understand your community a little bit better than you can because totally. you're, you're too close. Um, so that was the thing. I, I didn't really, once I left OPG, which was a whole controversy in its own, I just thought that maybe I would sit back and like do some like personal helping people or, um, I would stream myself and just do the GameStop thing because I do host for them. Yeah. Um, but then this opportunity came by and it was so like big and such big, such a big opportunity, but also it would allow me to help a lot more people at scale mm -hmm. with a bunch of great people around me that quite literally lost their jobs. Everybody like lost their job in this situation. Yeah. Um, so saving that and trying to make it better because I believe that we can do this in a better way was my motivating force. That's that's awesome. Um, I, I think that that anything that sort of starts with a genuine desire of like, I feel like that I can add my perspective to this and it will make it better. Like it usually mm -hmm. like I always I always feel like that approach yields really good results. Because the other approach is that it's like, I'm going to go here and change this or I'm going to like whatever. Like, I see all these problems and and I know how to fix them. And like, sometimes there are people that are that smart and they never make mistakes. And that's dope. But I think that for the <laughs> other, you know, one, the other others of us who live normal lives and don't have that kind of magical brain. It's super important, I think, to go in saying 
especially the beginning. And I still, tr- I, I like, I, I, this is a behavior I've tried to keep. Um, I guess ever since I started streaming, it's like I, I don't know what someone else could possibly teach me. And if I go in with like a set intent and like no desire to learn, or just like share what I do know or what I think, and then just shut the fuck up and listen, um, you miss out on so much. Like you miss out on on every like on these perspectives that people have. You miss out on things that could help you change and make life easier for people. So that's like that's just really cool. And like, you know, not that you're surprised, but it's one of the reasons why I'm really excited <laughs> that we're in business together. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited, too. So what's it what is it like? What is it like going, you know, from saying, OK, I really want to start a like this management company. I, I want to try and find a place for people to work that are now out of jobs. That was a big desire that we had as well. After everything sort of fell apart, we were like, uh, there are a lot of really fantastic people with incredible skill sets that are just like about to go into the wind. And mm-hmm. that's heartbreaking to me. Uh, and in so, the middle of a pandemic, too. In like, the middle this of, wasn't just a normal year. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, I am. I am aware of all of the really awful circumstances. <laughs> um, it's been it has been tough. And so like the desire, I think, in, like initially that knee jerk reaction of like, I I want to make sure that everybody gets to keep doing what they like to do is like it was it was super important for us. And then we heard, you know, about what you were all trying to do. And so we said, oh, well, that's perfect because we don't. And this is something that I think is probably some of the best business advice I've been learning is like we don't have every skill set in our deck, nor do I have the desire and interest to continuously add those skills directly into our Mm -hmm. company. Because eventually you become so diversified that it's pointless. Um, yeah. So like I've I've really it's been fun for me towards the end of this year to find in super high skilled individuals that are doing unique stuff. People like you and others that that have, you know, taken a look at the space and gone, OK, we think this is how we can set up for what's next or this is how we can set up for things to be more equitable or more fair and things like that, which is, I know is a, a big a big focus that you have, you know, been trying to work on. And one of the things that made me the happiest when the announcement was out was people were like reviewing the contracts for Phoenix mm-hmm. down. And, and like, I can't, I can't remember the last time someone was like, I like this legal document. Boy, oh boy, is it good. And, <laughs> right? but you know, seeing, Gosh, seeing things like that, that thing. boy, that was great. It's so fair and equitable. I, I really feel like it's fair for every, all parties involved, which is how everyone should feel. With everything mm-hmm. they ever sign, um, so it's been it. That was that was really exciting for me. That was exciting for me. I I didn't think that meeting with an, an attorney and like building this agreement from the ground up was going to be so exciting, but it was. It was very rewarding, and it helped us realize that we are doing like a really good thing here, and it especially from like the content creators perspective this seems like a very no nonsense like of course it should be this way but the sad reality is it's not um and i know we're talking in like generalities but try just trying to be like a bit more specific for the people in chat like when you um when you sign with like a management agreement or an org or an agency or a team a lot of times they don't allow red lines they don't allow corrections they don't allow things to make the contract uh, better for you it's very one-sided from a position of power like here's my team 
and you know we're gonna make you famous in a sense um which isn't always true sometimes it's true i guess but um yeah and so they they act out of this position of power and then say like well if you want better terms then you can just like take it or leave it type of thing and that's not where we wanted to be Mm. um a couple of things in our contract we have like a seven day you can exit for any reason policy like i don't want to lock in anybody into working with us for a year or two years or like even just like 60 day notice um if you don't want to if you don't want to work with us then like go be free i don't, <laughs> I don't see like <laughs> forcing well, people to stay that's um that's actually really cool um, and I wasn't aware of the seven day thing. One of the, one of the frustrations on the content creator side of things with contracts like that is when you, um, sorry, this is actually a good question in chat before I go on to my comment, uh, Peardman asks, so they don't allow objective evaluation of the contractor relationship. I'll, I'll speak There's... to my experience. Um, after, yeah, you go first. after you, you, oh, I share. go first. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, there's some there's some people that will allow you to overlook it with an attorney. Um, there's some people that make you sign an NDA that says that you cannot share it with an attorney before. Um, I would never suggest signing an NDA like that, but that is definitely out there. Mm. Um, I don't have people sign NDAs when um, we start to talk about whether we're going to work together or not, because I don't really care if people know about our percentage Um, what we take like i think it's competitive and i think that that should be common knowledge if anything it makes us more of a competitor in this space but people probably don't want you talking about it because there might be some people saying that's not fair that's too much or that's not right yeah i definitely you know that's that's certainly from the contract side of things uh if if you're asking if you're from another industry and you hear us talking about contracts like this and you think, wow, like that would be illegal for my IT consulting firm or that would be illegal if I were to do that on my construction site business. Like that'd be illegal for my, you know, hiring lawn mowing folks uh, and things like that. But it is it is it is standard practice in entertainment to sort of play these weird legal games and and obfuscate things as much as possible Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I mean like and this is something I always bring up on the podcast. Everybody does business differently. Um, when you look at people who are doing like that, the the edge that they're trying to keep is obvious, right? So like you can understand why they're doing it. Um, and so I I don't I try to never like devalue the way someone else plays the game. However, that doesn't mean that you can't play the game better and in a more equitable way. And so mm-hmm. transparency in my mind is a huge way to do that. I've sat down with very large companies and I have gone over their contracts. Uh, these are people who, you know, in meetings, they claim to respect me and my work. And then when I uh, when I come back and I say, OK, well, since you respect me and my work, these are some things that I'm not comfortable with in this contract. And then I it suddenly go from someone who, you know, we respect your work and we really appreciate you to. You're the fucking problem. You need to get over yourself. Uh, and so <laughs> and it's crazy how quickly you go from being admired to hated. Uh, and and to me, I, I've had a couple of, of contract negotiations where I've seen that moment happen. And I was like, oh. Everything before this was a game. You're angry that I called your game out. 
And mm-hmm. now since I won't play, you're you don't you you're not used to somebody pushing back or asking questions. Because I think that at least in this space, and now that it's getting older, this is like the shines wearing off. But the, and and I don't know if it's been you know like this in your experience too. But this concept that you're just fucking lucky to be here, and you should yep. take whatever I give you because you're in gaming and that's a dream job. Now quit complaining, shut up, and smile and dance. Like that is mm-hmm. exactly how I've been treated by some other companies, and I don't. I, I think that as the space is growing up, that that this kind of bullshit will stop happening. And one of, you know, again, openness and transparency is a huge, is a better edge when you know you're operating in a way that is fair and equitable. And when people ask you questions about it, you'll have answers. You know, uh, it's, it's yeah. you know, if someone says, we don't like your split, you can be like, ah, well, that's what we have to do to make our company run. We're constantly examining ways to be more efficient. And we'll keep you updated. You can answer a question that pe- even when people are mad um, with yeah. you in a way that says, yeah, of course we can do better. Uh, <laughs> of course, we always can. Uh, I definitely think that's a really good way to tell is like when when game recognizes game and they get upset, then that's when you realize like, oh, OK, something's probably not right here. Um, and that's a good time to exit, unfortunately, but mm. like it's better than you being taken advantage of. But I do see a lot of instances um, where it, it, even people that understand the space, I think that the content creator like gets looked down upon in a way because of this idea that you just get to stay home and play games all mm. day and it's not hard. And it is it is excruciatingly hard it is an entertainment job it takes so much of your day-to-day effort and then for some reason they expect you to go off screen and be able to handle all this business stuff on the side and like you don't have enough hours in the day to take care of all of this managerial you're running your own company (laughs) that's true um and you're also the face of it too so it's i that's one of my biggest goals is to try and sort of like break down these lines and barriers and have both sides understand each other a little bit more because that's all we need. We need more transparency. We need more communication and hopefully a lot of these problems will be fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, I actually totally agree. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that is an incredible, you know, perspective when, when, when everybody understands what's going on on both sides of the table, things are great. Specifically to your comment about not treating streamers correctly, uh, I stream. I'm Professor Broman. That's where my social profile came from. I also have three businesses that I run. And those I did not get because I am good at playing video games. I got those things because I'm good at being a business person. And so now one of the things that I have been, well, I've been running into this the whole time. And usually people only make the mistake one time. Uh, and then they work with us afterwards of treating me like I'm just a streamer. So if I ask like a CMO question um, where I'm like, I need to see, you know, this data or that data or whatever. And, you know, somebody on the call will like balk and be like, why is this streamer ask? Like they don't say it explicitly, but suddenly a very commonplace ask for the domain that I'm functioning in becomes a problem. 
because of mm. the other job I have. Like, I'm not out there trying to operate these other businesses as incredibly com incredibly complicated fly-by-night information data gathering services <laughs> on other broadcasters. It's an incredibly inefficient play. And if you think I'm that dumb, like, I don't know why you emailed me to do business with me in the first place, because that's really fucking stupid. Um, but, like, you know, it is, it's difficult when when the all the skill sets that are necessary to stream, whether that's like pre-production, post-production, live production, community management, uh, and then God, like fucking depending on who you're looking at, like social media managing guru, like you, some people's socials, yeah, yeah. like they're pristine, like their output levels are absolutely nuts. Um, and mm -hmm. it's just the stuff I've never been able to come close to. So it's it's very it's very interesting. It's, and one of the, the things that I think will be fun to watch over the next five years is going to be there's going to be a lot more people like me who get old and go, you know what? <laughs> I would like to do other you know things. What? You know what? I'd like to do other stuff. And and I but I want to stay associated with, you know, the space or whatever. And so I think that essentially like this this graduating class of people who have who've done this long enough that, you know, they've done it for a decade. They've done it for so long that they would be a journeyman or a tradesman if they were in like a guild. So, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, like, like if you were a plumber and you've been doing it for master. 10 years, you get a fucking raise for being a plumber for 10 years because people's like, look, this guy's seen everything. He yanked an alligator out of a sewer. Like, of course, he makes $50 an hour now. So, like, I, I think that is that, something that would happen in Florida. <laughs> it is. But like that, I think that that as the knowledge base from streaming trickles out and whether it's making your own companies or beginning to work for these other companies as they engage with the space. My hope is that anyone who does this kind of gets recognized, any content creator anywhere gets recognized as somebody who has a very powerful skill set that would be an asset to pretty much any company. Mm -hmm. I think that they're getting, people are definitely getting there now and COVID definitely helped also mm. because, you know, we really got to shine as this expert in how to do live broadcast. Meanwhile, like, mm -hmm. you know, not to shame anybody that has a Logitech C920 because there's still a very solid yeah, camera. Yeah, it's a great camera. Like everybody couldn't get their hands on one, right? Yeah. Because everybody suddenly needed one. The scarcity. I, yeah. The scarcity for streaming equipment hit so hard and fast. I was like, I was like, I'll buy this. And I was like, because eh, uh, like I just go on Amazon if I need a part or if I'm like, oh, I want to reroute this. Try to buy something. And I was like, what the fuck? What do you mean this is out? This webcam's yeah. just gone. There's no more in the world. I would world. wait for when it went on sale. What do you mean it's two hundred dollars now? Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah buying a webcam for the goddamn. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So COVID. I mean, like COVID definitely accelerated a lot of the online space. It brought a lot more viewership to most streaming platforms, um, and then one that unfortunately shut down. Uh, so, R.I.P. Mixer. You will be missed. <laughs> Um, we'll remember you. We will remember you. Uh, but like COVID has been really good for streaming, but it also, it was a forced education for anybody who thinks streaming is easy. Um, yes. this whole year I have had people in my chat that are like, Hey, cause they know that I'm a business person. Hey, I run like this business. We want to do live streaming. What do we need? And it's, do you have it? Have you like, ever, 
you have any idea what you just asked ever yeah asked i had a friend ask me this and it was just like okay i kind of want to get into this and you're like okay well let's let's for starters do you have a computer and then usually the answer is no and if it does it's like an imac or like a laptop like an apple laptop and you're like oh yeah that's not gonna work like you're you're gonna need a beast um and even even just explaining that situation like my mom she uh does acting and she came in and just asked me like i need to get a microphone should i um you know all of my friends sound so professional should i should i get this like blue yeti or something and i was just like you don't even know what you just asked me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> what is your budget level like how big of a setup do you want like it's, it's so complicated when people when people ask me in chat i'm like okay so like what kind of business is it how often do you want to be live? Who's streaming? Like, where are they streaming from? Like, uh, you have to answer all these questions before you even like can buy a piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't I just do it Maybe from my phone? Tr- <laughs> Maybe you should try it first before you invest all this money. Yeah. Uh, because it can get expensive very quickly. Like, oh. Yeah. I, but I do agree with you in a lot of ways. Streamers got a lot of respect and uh everybody is sort of realizing right now how difficult it is to stay in your room all day and not have these social interactions and the mental health effects that it has on you to do this um so it's it's good in the fact that like people can empathize now and respect that but you know i wish they didn't have to learn through a global pandemic (laughs) Yeah. But if I'm being optimistic about the situation, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think um I think that's for me that that kind of leads on to to the next question that or like okay. the next set of topics that I was super interested in talking about is so we discussed all these these skill sets that that streamers have and I think a lot of brands right now look sort of like directly to like the sponsorship stuff uh but but a pattern that i've seen show up this year is there have been a lot of creators that have sort of joined organizations or taken on second jobs assisting groups get online or start streaming or you know working with them to build out a more robust streaming platform we've seen the companies that were ready for this that like already had remote capabilities like looking at you bungie uh, and and a lot of other studios in the gaming space that had, they just had it. Like they just were doing live streaming as part of their deck for so long. Mm-hmm. Warframe is another great example. Digital Extremes, holy crap! Um, yes. You know, so. But now, like these other organizations are realizing, like, oh, that's why they have a whole production team. Like that's why there's like five people at the company, and their whole job is like assets, AV, audio, design, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that's like, that's been really cool. Is there, um, you know, do you, are there any other kind of emerging trends that you see in gaming that you're kind of interested in uh, for Phoenix Down? Um, I really like the idea of you. It's kind of connected to what um, you just talked about, but being like a video producer for brands, I think is a very valuable place where you could position yourself as a streamer Um, and that came from the fact that I am a host for GameStop TV and so 
what that looked like before was I would go on set and there would be a script and we would talk about all of like the games that were coming out that month. Um, and it was kind of like rigid and it was good. It was good production quality, but I don't think that it connected as well as to what we're doing now, which is we are um, at home just talking to the camera, right? It's, it's very yeah. personal. It's kind of YouTube-y, streamy. Um, it's still GameStop and we're still talking about games, but it has that personal aspect a little bit. And so what that transitioned into and what it looked like was I'm now writing my own scripts. Um, I don't have to do the editing, which is so nice. Uh, I'm sure you can relate. Just being able to like record and someone else can take care of the files is a godsend. Yes. Um, I think everybody needs that. It's a big thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, so what I want to do is see those types of like brands and sponsors that just need video content made. Why should they sort of try to reinvent the wheel when they can just sort of outsource that mm. and find a video producer? Like I have a, like it, hypo, this is, would be hypothetical, yeah. but, um, like if you had a contract with like a food company and you produced three food videos for their YouTube mm. every month, then that would provide stable income. It would probably be something you're doing anyway, which is like cooking or whatever. You're an entertainer and it's exciting. You're making it exciting. People want to see it. Then I think outsourcing that thing, that's what I really want to get into. And I think there's a ton of opportunity wow. there. That's that's super cool. I don't know if you guys. Know. No, that's oh. a really really solid. <laughs> no, that's a that's a that's a really smart way to approach all that. Um, because I I agree. Like everyone has sort of learned what how how well remote production can be done, and mm -hmm. and like the quality that you can really bring out as long as you're willing to accept it being a little bit more YouTubey or a little bit more personal. Because you're not going to get like a Dulce and Gabbana perfume commercial no. done remotely very well. But like you can do pretty much anything. Not else. unless you got some sort of TikToker, because sometimes I end up on like premium TikTok <laughs> and I'm like, how did one person make this? <laughs> yeah. Or you have like uh, you have one of those uh, the savants that really like they get it. I know exactly what you're talking about, where it's yeah. like, hey, what's up? I made this with like a stick and some twigs. Anyway, here's my <laughs> Star Wars movie. And it's like, Wah! and you're like, holy shit, I know it sticks, but how did they do that with After Effects? Like, yeah. there are some killer people on TikTok. Um, like, I think this has been good for marketing, too, though, to where they might not have embraced the YouTuber feel. But they had to. They were in a position where they, like were forced to rely on like influencers and online when it used to be brick and mortar and print ads and stuff like that. Yeah. What? So times are a changing. So so with that with that in mind, um, looking towards you know like some future goals for Phoenix Sound and things, I wanted to get you some questions from Patreon. That's right. Ooh. That's right. They they got to ask these questions. Uh, so this is from Experimental Gameplay. Uh, these are all actually great questions that I wanted to ask. So it's like super great that other people are interested. Uh, with the likelihood. Of more companies and uh, or more and more management companies popping up over the next few years, what are some things that you're allowed to talk about, of course, that will ensure Phoenix Down will stay the best place for content creators to be? Um, I think it's going to start with the fact that 
like I am a creator and albeit I'm not like the biggest one out there, but I can very much empathize and understand what it's like to stream, what it's like to create these videos, how long it takes, um, and sort of like the pain it'll take to, if you've ever had to write out a script and form a YouTube video, it's, it's a grueling process. Mm. Um, I can be able to relate to that. Um, one thing that Phoenix Down does is it has a very personal touch and so it's made up of all of these awesome, great people that have a ton of experience in this very niche space. And yes, yeah. it can be emulated. Um, you can try to create a management company on your own. And I'd like, hey, I'm all for people like trying to do their own thing yeah. as long as it's done in the best way. Um, there's a lot of legal framework that- A lot. <sighs> that has not been really respected um, in this space. And so very quickly, I'll go over that because it's a it's a huge uh, diversification point of what Phoenix Down is versus what's in the space. So we uh, modeled our business off of the traditional talent manager, talent agent that exists in Hollywood. So we see the content creator, the influencer, whatever you wanna call it, um, very much as an actor, or radio host or something that is protected by state law. And so we followed those same laws that said that here's the role of managers to where they are um, a guidance person. I like to use Kris Jenner managing the Kardashians as an example. Okay. Like, that is a mom managing her daughter's businesses and saying like, this is a good opportunity. This is a bad opportunity. Like, I don't think you should do this or I think you should. That's where your manager fits in. And an agent is the one that's getting you the jobs, the sponsorships, that's going out and pitching you to brands. Mm. Um, there's not really that divide in the gaming space. Um, and they are in a way at odds with each other because one person has the, the protection and the best in mind for the channel and the person and the other one has the best in mind for the brand or, uh, you know, whatever's making money, right? And sometimes yeah. they have to come together and be at odds. And if they're the same person, um, that's where it can become difficult. There's been a lot of situations where like maybe a content creator will be pressured into doing something to make a company money where they don't want to do it and we never want to be there. So we're creating two separate companies to handle those two separate entities. Mm. Which I have through talking with a lot of content creators, they don't realize that because there's not a lot of companies emulating that space. If you talk to an actor, they completely understand it because that is the standard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so You're that's not wrong. what we hope to be. We, we hope to set that standard, um, not only in the company, but hopefully we can get that law maybe changed to where you guys could be included in it officially. Mm. And um, that can be, there's, there's a lot of protections there to keep those people, those creative people safe. Yeah. That's actually super, that's a very strong division of labor uh, to to just sort of create like a subset company, which I like, is it gonna, like, is it gonna be fully chartered and like have its own socials and things like that? Or is it gonna be like, you know, we have Phoenix Down Management and then Phoenix Down Agent type right situation. Right now we, yeah, right now we are gonna both Phoenix Down, okay. um, but we separately 
down, Phoenix Down Management, Phoenix Down Agency. We do see them as different branches. I imagine if all goes well, uh -huh. that eventually they will break off into their own, yeah, uh, yeah, their own names and identities. But that is like, oof, I don't even know if I like let myself dream that much. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so out there. That's that's awesome. This is great. This see that's that's what's what happens when CEO talks, and then like I marketing i have to understand how to talk and so like you have to have an answer to that question because as people are going to ask they're like well you said two separate companies but you're not two separate companies now and like we ran into this yeah. with king's coast a lot when we got started everyone's like well why don't you do this or why don't you do that and i'm like well everything you said costs money so mm -hmm. uh like and there's you know there there is a growth curve where you know unless you get a massive capital infusion from an investor this idea of, you know, spontaneously hiring the the 10 people that you need to do like the jobs that are coming through the door, you know, as perfectly as possible and all this other stuff just doesn't happen. You know, small mm -hmm. businesses, you uh, it's a struggle. <laughs> and and when you're getting started, it's it's definitely tough. So but I love uh, I, I love that. Yeah, no, you can you stay focused on, you know, focus on whatever you need to. I'll, yeah, you know, we'll we'll. Uh, I'll be here to dream for everybody because that's like what I do. I think I think that that's really cool. Uh, just just to sort of and this is what makes me excited about it. It's like the thing that's come up in chat the entire time we've been talking about contracts is people say, oh, I work in music. This is horseshit or like I work in whatever. Mm -hmm. This is garbage. And so the fact that you're saying we want to emulate the standard that that Hollywood and and, you know, these other companies have created and tailor it to legally you know do it with the right legal framework and then tail it tailor it to what the needs are for content creators is awesome and i definitely you know i agree i i trust you to do it because you're a practitioner and i think that and we, we were talking a little bit more a little bit about this i think before we got started that when you're a when you're a practitioner and you start a business you 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 have like a double-edged sword because you understand very intimately the needs that people need on the ground when they're making content mm -hmm. like what is blowing up on people's OBS screens right now like you know that yeah you don't know that unless you are streaming every day you don't know what games are trending you don't know who's who is naturally trending up or trending down or where the target audience is or what games are doing whatever just by existing mm -hmm. in a space, you can learn so much. So I'm I'm actually super excited to see how you're gonna like apply your mind to that. Because um, I'm <laughs> that's something fascinated. that became very valuable when I worked at OPG, um, and it it was it was sort of like I didn't even realize what knowledge I had learned through streaming. But once you know a sponsor wanted a logo as an overlay like during your sponsored segment and nobody knew how to put it into OBS or like what streaming platforms people were using you know it was very it was very obvious to me because I had been there I had done it but the people that like I was working with had not you know they're right. like something as simple I always like try to t um, translate things to sort of like tangible things because I used to watch panels and like not understand anything that was happening no yeah examples um, are great so one example was a, a brand wanted um i can't remember it was a file type i think it was like a dot mov that they wanted 
to be played on the on as an overlay like it was mm. an animated rotating thing yeah. and i was like i cannot do this mm. it doesn't have a green background like why is this not like a webm or something static or maybe we can like um upload it to like Streamlabs or stream elements to play so that way it's just like a browser source but what you are giving me this mov this might be fine for youtubers but i can't put it into a stream yeah and I don't think they even understood what I was saying. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like there's there, you know, the 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 hardware and software restrictions on the finer points of production are incredibly different when it comes to live environment versus post-production. And I think mm -hmm. this is what everybody's been learning this year. This is what we've been learning, like talking to charities who do radio and TV ads all the fucking time and they're trying to start streaming. Shit that works in a post-production environment does not work in a in a live environment. Um, mm -hmm. You know, be, like it just it has to be done. It has to be set up like you said, right file format. It has to be set up in a different way. Oh, you want this to be the background? That means we need a layer of the person you're overlaying in front of this with a transparent background or the ability to make it transparent so that you can see this background because mm -hmm. you gave me a video. Um, right. You know, and that's. <laughs> And that is and and that is like a huge important point. And and I'm very thankful that so many people are learning about that. But but it is yeah, it's, I can't imagine somebody I mean, I've I've gotten assets before and I'm like, can't use it. Yeah. <laughs> can't. And you kind of have to like find that line to where you're like, Am I gonna push back on that or am I just gonna like say yeah, I can't do it or just do your stream anyway and then apologize later and be like, oh, it didn't work. Um, uh, sorry. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was that was the first one. That was good. Um, I like this one a lot, too, because I feel like this okay. gets asked a lot. What are the benefits of having a management company to represent you as opposed to just doing it yourself? Um, that is a fantastic question. And I... Grew up my whole life being a very do-it-yourself type person with like this sort of mantra, like if I want it done right, I have to do it myself. And then as you get older, as you're doing these things for a long time and you're getting a certain um, level of success, you realize that you are much more productive and a better mental state inside of yourself when you outsource certain things. Yes, of course you can do it yourself, but will you have more time to make videos or to brainstorm on content creation or play more games if you outsource it and have somebody else do it for you? Um, I never want people to work with Phoenix Down or any management company because they feel like they don't have the skills or knowledge to do it on their own. And that's one of the things that I want to focus on. Um, Fearless in the chat is Oliver, and he's going to be in charge of content for Phoenix Down. Hi, so he's going to be writing. Yeah. Hey there. <laughs> Um, he's going to be writing like the blog posts and everything that we're going to be creating to help the people that we cannot manage yet. So that way, you know how to fill out an invoice, you know how to get a baseline of where you feel like your sponsored stream rate should be. Um, so that way, yes, you can do it yourself. But when you get to a place of success and you realize I time is valuable and I want some of my time back. Um, then you'll be able to hire a company like us to be able to do it for you. Yeah. I think that that, that idea of transacting on time becomes so important. Um, 
especially as a creator, you don't, I, I think when you get started, you don't realize that you're transacting on time. Like mm -hmm. your output's directly tied to how much time you have to do it. So, you know, you build, you, you build systems, you build like ideas and concepts, you put them in place and then you start your thing. Then you grow and those systems, every inefficiency gets pressure put on it. Um, as the quality has to increase in other areas or you want to attempt to do something new or you have to take time to invent something fresh. Like I don't envy YouTubers like spending 10 hours a week on Google, Google Analytics to try and figure out what titles you need to put in your Among Us video, because if you don't do it right, it's not going to trend like it did last time. Last time you got 10 million views this time you use the wrong keyword, like you don't make the right joke word and it's not in Google Trends. You get like less than you get less than 100,000. Like I would yeah. rather throw up. Um, like that sounds awful. So there's, there's so much that you do. And so transacting on time to give people time back is huge. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, and, and this is something that I, I would say for me that the management, like working with a management company is super duper important and helpful for, uh, I think, uh, that as you, like, as you grow, you can begin to like hire, like you can hire yourself an assistant. You can do this other stuff and all this other stuff. But what people don't realize is you are taking on a lot of responsibility when you begin to bring on employees. And if you don't have like leadership skills and you don't have effective communication, that person is going to be essentially worthless to you. The, the mm. idea of working with a management company where it's like, okay, I don't have to hire this person. I don't have to worry about whether or not I can trust them. I don't have to read resumes. I can work with these people who have a track record of giving other people their time back. And I can now talk to them about what time I can get back with them. That's sort of when I go into when I go into meetings for a lot of stuff we do, I like to think, how much time do we have? How do I give whoever we're talking to as much time back as I possibly can? Uh, mm. You know, and whether that's like a giant organization or a small one, that's one of the things that we operate on is trying to give people as much time back as we can. So it's like, you're a charity and you're incredibly effective at operating like in that lane. So like, what can we take on? Like, what can we do for you so that you get to spend, you know, your, you know, your, so that your executive can spend five more hours a week focused on just fundraising or whatever, so that we can produce this and give your time back. Because when you, when you can make it all about that, you, you can, you really start to come up with ideas that they're new because uh, one of the big things we've done or I've done this year is learning how to like leverage technology to save time in AV production or community-based content and things like that. And there are some really cool pieces of software that are going to start like making it to like 1.0 versions of the market that are really going to transform how people are transacting time for content creation. And so, mm -hmm. you know, keeping, keeping an eye on that, like, I love working with a management company when, you know, like <laughs> when I didn't have one for a while, like uh, there was a lot of things that I never had to take on myself and it became very overwhelming very fast. Um, mm -hmm. And it was happening in the middle of a whole bunch of other bullshit, which just sort of amplified how difficult it was. But like, yeah, like I had to like learn how to do my own invoices. And I know you're thinking like a oh, fucking first world problem. But like, you know, what you might not know about me is I have like a host of learning disabilities. Dyslexia is one of them trying to do a properly appropriately formatted word document or PDF form that has all of my information right is like climbing Mount Everest. Like it's very difficult for me. Like that is that is a that is a deficiency that I have that I openly admit. 
because I think it's important to realize that like there are some things where it's like, oh, yeah, for me, I can whip out invoices. It took me like 30 minutes. I just learned how to do this. For me, it's like an eight hour endeavor. I think the first set I had to send out took me three days of working on it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it's, it's because not easy because it's tough people people who may have like grown up in other industries or like see it every day like it's yes it is a very easy thing for them but um in a lot of ways this is like the first time that you're coming across an invoice and like even the practice itself I'm just like why like you signed a contract you know how much you owe me just pay me like mm-hmm. it's easy for us to get in that mindset too yeah. Um, like, why do I have to send this little paper? But I know it's for bookkeeping reasons, you know? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> even, even myself, like when I had to learn how to do invoices myself for GameStop and I was like, can we just not? And then you spend all this time making it, perfecting it. And then you get an email that you like transpose the numbers or you have some sort of wrong number. And it's just like demoralizing, like, oh, great. Yeah. Like it's gonna take me another forty-eight hours to edit that because I can't, I can't do that right now. You want to know fun? <laughs> I actually have a really fun story about this. Um, yeah. This is before I even started streaming. Um, I once printed a hundred business cards with the wrong, uh, with my wrong cell phone number on it. I actually put my social security <sighs> number on it instead, uh, and I handed those out to people. So you know, like uh, that was tough. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, it was tough. huge. Yeah, that was, I was like, uh, I think I was like 23. Um, Yeah, so like my, like I've like the, I've done real practical damage to myself with my dyslexia and just being like, I'll handle it. So I really Mm -hmm. prefer to not. (laughs) So there's, and I think There's a lot of those stories where either like yourself or another company like inadvertently doxed yourself. Yeah, that's <laughs> not that's good. Terrifying in our industry. Yeah, I mean, you, you like that, and there's so like, and that's a whole other side of things. Like, you don't want to accidentally leak your own information. You know <laughs> that, like, you don't want to do all this other stuff. There, there's, there are, there are a, an insurmountable amount of pitfalls, and I think that. Going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, there there are people in the industry that look at everybody's, you know, I guess naivete and, and like lack of knowledge or ignorance as an opportunity to get one up on them or to, mm-hmm. you know, get an edge and sort of make make the best. Uh Oh, oh, that you froze up for a second. It's all good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, they try to get an edge on them, like saying, oh, well, you don't know. Well, like you're going to learn like they'll figure it out in a year. But for now, like, let's take advantage of this person. It's a school of hard knocks. Life's tough. You know, like mm. that, this idea, this, this cat, I have a huge problem with this cavalier idea that absolutely everyone should always just look out for themselves. I'm a huge believer in like independent personal responsibility, but I believe that like the responsibility of anybody who owns a business is to operate it as, as fairly and as most equitably as possible. And mm-hmm. so I think we can all agree that the concept of taking advantage of somebody's lack of knowledge is not fair or equitable. <laughs> No, so. I don't. I don't know how like people are okay with that. Um, and I, even in my early career, I took it upon myself to point out certain things to my friends and just say like, "Hey, this link is broken in your panel. Did you know that?" Like something as simple as that, where some people would get offended. I think you have to reframe it and realize like, I would not waste my time if I didn't care about you and what you're doing. 
you know so like that's that's something that like i'm constantly looking for those little things that will help people and um i think there has to be a reframing to realize you know i have more to learn i don't know everything and if somebody is pointing out something that could help me then that means that they care oh absolutely and that's um yeah uh again going back to just being able to say whether it's on a company level or an individual level to say like of course I have room to improve. I might not know mm-hmm. where or how, and that could be from lack of knowledge, lack of insight, lack of perspective from other people. Like it could be a lot of things. I, I think that that f- for me this year, I, I try to think about like self-improvement or like dealing with problems. It's like if I get stuck or I don't know what to do, it doesn't mean like I've reached the end of the road or I'm fucked and this is just who I am. <laughs> And I can't change anymore. <laughs> it's it's that like there's I'm I'm not looking at it the right way. And I, I think that whether we're talking about issues of business or we're talking about about, you know, issues of, of society and culture or philosophy, there is never anything wrong with saying, you know, of course I can do better. It might hurt. It might be really hard to say that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I have I have said that through gritted teeth more times than I can count. But I think something I believe fundamentally is I I try really hard not to lie to myself. Like, I try to only tell myself the truth, which is hard. Um, (laughs) It's definitely not how I was programmed. (laughs) But if you refuse to lie to yourself and and if you refuse to entertain ideas that aren't true, um, then eventually you'll get to a place where you can grow again. You can figure it out. Um, Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be sort of constantly stuck in this place of being like well, or or like the opposite of trying to grow which is like just defending your position and then dying on the hill which is something that we see people do all the time um yeah. you know and then like and then you get entrenched in that place and then you become identified with that place and then in and then when you leave that place it has a negative impact on your life and so you you have essentially like built a place for yourself to live that you didn't intend to just by failing to be adaptive. I, I lived Mm -hmm. a very long period of my life like that and I hated it. (laughs) It wasn't fun. Sorry. I don't know how we got on that subject. It's very like philosophical. No, I like it. I'm all for it. Um, I think that's one of the strengths, um, of being such a young company is that we are very adaptive and there we are able to say like, we don't we don't know we don't know how to do that thing but you know what we can do is we can create some hypothesis of what will work we can do a to b testing and see which one works and then if none of those work we can just come up with some new ideas and then we'll know like whether that failed or not um but there's a lot of people or companies that get stuck in their ways um instead of realizing that the world is evolving and social media is evolving at a rapid pace that there's a lot of times where you don't know the answers. We don't know the secret magic solution of how to make a Twitch channel successful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Nobody knows that one. No, well, we, and, and we, there's a lot of people that come to us and um, want us to grow their stream. And that is one thing that we have to email them and tell them, like, I have no idea how to do that. Yeah. I can take things off of your plate so that way you could stream more. But I mean, I, I don't know how to make <laughs> you successful. <laughs> I mean, like, even if we're looking at Twitch, uh, I mean, even on Twitch and you can extend this conversation to like Facebook gaming. 
there there are just now coming to market what I would consider like the standard advertising options that you would yes. get anywhere else on the internet. You have an Etsy store, watch one Gary V video. He'll fucking tell you how to advertise the shit out of your store on every mm -hmm. social media platform ever. You have a Twitch stream, that shit doesn't work. Now, like all the proxy plays work, right? But the direct advertising spending on, you know, Instagram ads and Facebook ads does not convert to Twitch the way that you would expect, you know? And I think live, yeah. live, live, sorry, live streaming or any live performance suffers when it comes to like advertising because you are never consuming it as an ad at its most potent point, right? Like you're not mm -hmm. watching the ad live unless you're watching right. an embed, which is like something that has like companies are finally sort of bringing out these you know, business plans that like actually make sense and they actually give you all the data analytics of an advertising platform and you can customize it and you can target ages, you can target geolocations and websites and things like that. And you can embed on those places and bring people into your streams. There's um, there's a company that I've been like talking to and, and we've been working with uh, behind the scenes to just sort of learn about, you know, how they're building their ad product. And I'm really excited about all these things that are coming in this space because it's going to give people options it's like, mm -hmm. hey, do you want to spend $10 a day advertising your stream somewhere that makes sense? You know, just like you yeah. would do for your Etsy store or like retargeting on your Google ads and things like that. So and the results are going to pay for itself. So it's kind yeah. of a no brainer. Like, yeah. And it's yeah. yeah so like so again, so the, the space we have we have so many of these really old problems and then so many of these problems that don't make any sense. Like I can't advertise my live stream. Like wh what? <laughs> This is the internet, but like there, there's, you know, so like there, there are so many places where people are still sort of building the scaffolding for technology to like fit stuff in. And, and you know what? You just, you just made me think of something. Yeah. Um, like, I think that there's a lot of um, people out there that believe that as long as you are like a good quality streamer, you will rise to the top, which is not true, not true. at all. It's going to rely on advertising and the people that know you the people that you meet but now we have such a good example of that and that has to be among us mm, yes because that game was released in 2018 and it did not blow up and it did not have marketing and it did not blow up until the streamers got hold of it and you can kind of use that as like a parallel way to say like this person was making great content the whole time mm. but now people begin to find yeah. out who they are they or they like you said, um, backed it with advertising and yeah. now people know of it, but it was still as great the whole time. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's all of these other like, you know, like psychological things that like streamers don't really get to do again, like going back to advertising, like the idea that it takes like 55 impressions for a brand to be like to have a, like a full impression. Like, I understand this is a brand. It exists. It does this job. These are some people who work for them, right? Like, mm -hmm. like that's the... Or like, that you like need to be in a game directory where you're at least getting five followers per hour in order to have positive growth on the platform. Like, or else you're actually doing like negative work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so there's... So there, there, there are so many, there are so many like different like options and new things that are coming into the space that are super interesting. Um, I don't know if we have any other Patreon questions, but 
I have, I, I have, I guess, uh, since we're, we're okay. kind of coming up to the last little 15 minutes here and then I have to go eat dinner. <laughs> that, uh, boy, how awful. Feeding yourself is hard. Uh, it's tough. Way. Sometimes it is, though. Oh, it my is. God. I recently, um, I recently, you know, started taking my mental health seriously and seeing all my doctors again. I got back on my ADHD medication and like setting a timer to remember to eat every day was not mm. something I thought I'd ever have to do. But <laughs> I never thought I'd have to do that. Actually, something that I have been learning about and exploring, like this ADHD thing, because in a lot mm. of ways, it's it's very good and strong for like people like us. But there's just some cons, like common sense things that I don't do, which is like sometimes I can't, I I don't have the time to eat. You know? Yeah, you're like I'm like, busy, and I have to rely on other people. Like, it's more important <laughs> than eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm working on something right now. Like I'll eat later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so I guess my my final question is, going going forward with Phoenix Town and like maybe looking twelve months or eighteen months in the future, what are some what are some goals that you have or that you're looking to sort of accomplish? Okay. And this isn't like I'm not asking you to go on record and make any promises. I talk about theoretical stuff all the time. Nobody holds me to it. So if you're listening later, <laughs> you're not allowed to do any stupid shit. Okay, cool, awesome, great, nice conversation. <laughs> Well, one thing where I think our team, our internal team shines is its diversity aspect. Um, we have the, between the four of us, you know, there's females, there's I'm Hispanic, you know, there's people that are representing the Asian community. Um, we have an LGBT member. Um, so I think that when it, as far as when it comes to a company, I've never seen such a diverse company in the gaming space before. Um, and I... You know, when OPG went down, which oh, I will have to give credit for OPG's diversity because I feel like everything was like a safe space and that's something that they excelled at. Um, but once it went down, I was very much like scouted by a lot of different places that wanted me to go there. And I like looked at their LinkedIn and their team pages and stuff like that. And I was like, I I've never seen this in my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that I was very sheltered because of the fact that we live in san diego mm. san diego is a border town it's like it's a melting pot it's something that we almost don't even think about because you know yeah. it, it's very normal to be in a diverse town um obviously it's something that we're trying to think about now and uh, pay more attention to so when it comes to our team of course we want to keep that diverse but um, we want to find ways to be able to translate that into the clients that we represent as well that is something that's super super huge for us um, and we deliberately structured our business to be able to allow for this the fact that content creators um, are going to be able to choose whether they just want a manager whether they just need an agent or whether they want both is going to allow us to work with so many different creators um, large and small um, and i'm that's what like my main goal is mm. and i'm so excited for it that's really I hadn't I hadn't considered the um, I guess the capacity for work that you would be able to bring to the table when it when people can sort of pick and choose what services that they need. Right. So yeah. if somebody just needs management services and it's like taking over their existing relationships and it's somebody from 
you know, Phoenix Down is on their monthly calls for them and then making one sheeters and making sure all of the data gets tracked. That's a completely different uh, scenario that's, you know, easily more easily systematized than the idea of going out and pitching decks of uh, creators to companies to try and get, you know, activations and things like that, which is a completely different you know skill set. And it takes yeah. a lot more time. And on that side of things, you absolutely because you're working in an environment with numbers, you have to have numbers to bring to the table. And, you know, mm-hmm. we have had so many experiences where people are like, numbers are bad. We don't care. Uh, so I I just personally. <laughs> That's what they say until, like, the end of the campaign is over. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. the numbers weren't great. And you're like, what? You said that you didn't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I really like that, that, um, that the things are being structured in a way that it's going to allow a lot more people to have access to the services that they need. And I'm looking forward to, you know, doing whatever we can to help you, you know, build all that because it's, you know, it's, it's our honor, my honor to, to be able to, to work with and for you in this, in this case. So it's pretty nice. We are so grateful. It like feels like this dream come true that like actually hit me yesterday. I, um, that's awesome. I have had like such incredible meetings this whole week. And yesterday I kind of like had a good, like happy, ugly cry. You know? Oh, I know those. Yeah, and oh, oh, I am a crier. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like broke down and I was like, so many people are rooting for us and we're like actually doing a good thing. Like, what is my life? I don't understand. <laughs> That's but awesome. It finally hit me. And yeah, we're we're so grateful and thankful for um the guidance that you guys have been able to give to us and just like also trusting us to be crazy enough to be like, yeah, they got it. Like they know what they're doing. Like we'll just We'll see what happens. <laughs> feel like we're good judges of talent. And like, you know, like you said, like we we kicked around the idea internally of like trying to start a, a company to do it ourselves. But we did the same thing that you did. And we went out and looked at the whole space. And and we were like, another thing in the column that we don't like about this is like, I don't want to start another company. that's just like four white guys, yeah. you know, and and it's like I, I, I understand that like who you associate with and like how you build your business and things like that. But for us, like there are people who could do this better and there are people with different perspectives and we're already so involved with the places that we are involved in. And it's, you know, in my mind, I was raised that, you know, nobody eats until everyone has a seat at the table. And so for me, something that I've worked on a lot this year is like recognizing the advantages that I have in my life. And, you know, a big goal that I have is to take any of those societal advantages that I have and use them to make the world a more equitable place for anybody who's disenfranchised by the same system that's giving me advantages. Um, Because that's what I can do. Uh, And, you know, because I fucking I want to rip it all down and burn it. Uh, (laughs) So um, so so I am you know, I'm I'm really, really uh excited that that you know you all have you have so much passion and you have so much skill and and such incredible goals i'm very i'm super happy you had like a week of amazing meetings um so that's it was was great it was fantastic i i couldn't have asked for like a better support to come out of our launch we were we were very worried that I don't know, people would have negative things to say or people would think that we're um, 
inexperienced or maybe like even create some enemies and i'm sure that's gonna happen no matter what <laughs> you always make men you always make enemies uh when you when you do business i've learned that yeah when you're trying to do the right thing especially and like especially when you do the right thing and realize that like this might uh lower our profit margins like a company that even says that you know it, it's, it's very brave but it's the right thing to do yeah so it's been it's been great. Um, yeah, <laughs> more meetings to come. <laughs> more meetings to come. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just I'm I'm super ecstatic. So, so you have the big you want to have a big focus on just continuing the growth of diversity and and building a, a fair and equitable place not only to work but to be you know as as far as your deck of people that you rec represent. Is there yeah. any other really big goals that you sort of have over the next you know twelve to eighteen months? For Phoenix Sound. One thing that like I think would be really cool, and I don't know how we're gonna do it, but like I would love to create like a media aspect of the company because I I love new media formats. I love vertical video. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I am such a fan. I think it would be so cool if we'd be able to take people's streams and just create like bite-sized like TikTok content or content for them to put on their other socials to diversify and sort of protect their brand because we don't know if live streaming is going to be available forever um, or be able to market them to other places. I think that's a really big goal uh, that falls into the management aspect because that's something like a management would do versus an agency will not do. Yeah. But that's one thing where I'm so excited about. And I also just like really love TikTok. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, TikTok is just great. Like, I, I think that There's I have like, a lot of things to say about TikTok. It's just such happy <laughs> and funny social media. Like, you get such endorphin hits, I think. Oh, I yeah. It. I Amy and I stayed up till like, 3 a.m. watching TikTok videos the other night. Like, she thought, <laughs> like, we were just, like, going. It was amazing. And, and there's, yeah. like, like, whenever a new platform emerges like that, there's always people that find ways to use it that you wouldn't expect and mm -hmm. and so much talent emerges that way because of again like it's just the unique perspective that that person is bringing to the set of tools that are put down in front of them which is like one of the reasons why i love what we do so much yeah. um like it's just like streaming is great and i love seeing how other people do things you have one more thing excellent um and that is work-life balance that I think is super important in the industry. Um, I, I uh, la this time last year, what is it, December 10th? Okay, so in Christmas of last year, I was in the hospital because I got a blood clot in my brain. Um, that was a super, super scary time. Yikes. And I know that like you have struggled with your own health um, things that happened this year as well. Mm -hmm. Been tough. And... I think that um, my entire life, I was kind of like a proponent for like sleep is for the weak. You know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Like I just need to like work super, super hard to make it in this place. And it uh, almost cost me my life. Let's just say that. Right. Because That's you scary. have a stroke at 30. I'm only 30 years old. Right. Um, I, I think that COVID in a lot of ways has made us 
forced us to slow down and slow our lives down and i'm getting the most sleep i've ever had which is weird i don't i I don't know how i ever did it before but that is something that i want to work on as a company and make sure that everybody's taking care of their health they're taking care of like how much energy that they're putting in and that we're taking care of them as humans um before anything else because that's when you're gonna have the most happy people and stuff like that so that's a huge goal for me yeah i am i'm excited to see how you all approach that i mean work work life balance is um it i mean it's, it's everything tough. it's everything uh, i tweeted i tweeted this morning that you know i what i'm proud about one of the things i'm most proud about this year is that even on days like today today's first day i got to play cyberpunk right it's a huge launch day, um, but I still woke up and I still like did my meditation and journaling and and you know exercise before and before I started streaming. And today is better because I did that, um, mm-hmm. you know. And it's to me, it's crazy how. And I'm I'm still trying to contextualize this whole conversation in my head, so I picked the right words. But like essentially. Everyone is so continuously focused on output, more content, mm-hmm. more unique content, more novelty, more like whatever, whatever's getting the attention, right? That we don't almost as if it's this limitless resource inside of us, but everything that we do is going to consume creator. Like it's going to consume your energy, your creative energy. So like mm-hmm. either you have to put systems in place to take the moments that you are already being creative and capture them and repackage them or you're going to have to just continuously be creative all the time. And eventually you're going to run out of things to talk about. You're going to run out of new ideas to discuss or new approaches unless you are helping yourself expand. And so that means you have to have enough energy to learn, which is where Mm -hmm. I kind of started my year was like, fuck this. I don't have any time. I don't have any, (laughs) I'm, I, I fucking nothing. Fuck this. And, um, and so then I started with like meditating 10 minutes a day. And then I discovered the, you know, like the moments within the moments, right? Like I didn't realize like how much time I was quote wasting um, or how much quicker my output or how much more creative I could be and get like two hour projects done in 15 minutes because my brain's just working better. So mm-hmm. like I am, I am a huge proponent of that. I, uh, something that's been big for me lately is trying to really hammer home the idea that if you're a streamer, you're a creative person. And if you know, if you're a gamer, you are somebody who enjoys art. And so looking at yes. the entire looking at the entire space and trying to say, like, you wouldn't just push a painter or a musician to just get it out the door, right? And I realize like there's different stuff. And like you said earlier, this is much more like a theater, like a live stage show than anything else. And like there's a lot of that show must go on things like when bad things are happening in your life. And I totally get that. I've had panic attacks sitting in my chair multiple times because, you know, if I was working at Starbucks, I would just have panic attacks while I was pulling shots. Right. So so like I'm sitting here like I'm constantly draining myself because, you know, I didn't I didn't respect the creative work that you have to do to stream. And so I I think on the creator side of things. If you're listening to this podcast because you're like, oh, I really want to hear about this new management company. I want to work with them. That's dope. But guess what? Surprise. (laughs) Respect your time and energy. 
Surprise. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> Respect your time and energy because it, you'll be better at doing everything that you do when you do that. Um, so I, I agree yeah. wholeheartedly. <laughs> and I think some people think that like the artist makes his best work when he's in pain and suffering. And that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Some great art has come out of pain and suffering. Um, but not traditionally, <laughs> traditionally not at the exact moment of that pain and suffering. Uh, yeah. Usually it's afterwards with time to reflect and process, which you need to do. Like, I don't know, with like meditating and journaling or something. I don't, I don't fucking know. Like, it's weird. Um, okay. So, uh, Janessa, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, we have come to the end of our time together. I've, I've had an amazing time learning from you. Um, and learning about, you know, all the things that you're doing at Phoenix Down. And I'm, again, honored to be able to work with you in any capacity because I think you're fantastic. Um, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave with people? And then after that, please plug any projects that you would like to plug. Okay. Um, final thoughts. I never thought I would have been CEO in my life. Uh, let alone at the beginning of this year. This has all um, been a very amazing year, but you know, a lot of very unexpected things. Um, I will, I just want to encourage anybody that's out there that, you know, if this is where your heart is at, if this is where your passion is at, if this is what you want to do, I think one of the biggest lies in my life was like, don't uh, go do what you want because it might not be stable. Uh, job security is not a thing that exists anymore. And I think COVID taught us that, right? Definitely. <laughs> um, and I also think that like, it's okay to say that you don't know how to do a thing. You just need to find the person that does um, and invest in yourself to learn that thing or outsource that. And um, also, oh gosh, it's okay to be scared. That's one thing that like, I'm, I'm always nervous. I'm always terrified. Like this was scary for me. Like I grew up in theater and auditions are scary, but that's just like your, I like to think of it as your body sort of preparing and being on its toes and making sure it can handle the thing, but it's okay to be scared. Just do it scared. That's my, that's my motto is do it scared. <laughs> uh, if you guys want to learn more about me, my username on all social medias is at Pods of War. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram with that handle, or you can search Janessa Christine. If you ever go to a GameStop and you look up at the TV, I'll be on the screen uh, talking about some new games that are coming out this month. And if you are interested in management or agency services, or if you have a question for Phoenix Down at all, you can go to phoenixdown.co. That's our website, and it is spelled F-E-N-I-X-D-O-W-N dot C-O. Hell yes! Uh, yeah. That's exciting. I am Professor Broman. You know all about me. Uh, I, I, I guess this is now also where I'm, I'm supposed to plug stuff. Oh, I don't have the list. I'm sorry, Patreon subscribers. I don't have a list with me, but thank you all for producing <laughs> the show. You're amazing. We're still working on stuff in the back end to make sure that that's directly integrated into the stream and stuff. So I appreciate your patience and your support. Uh, if you want to join us on the Rare Drop Patreon, uh, you can just use the Patreon command in the chat here, or you can go to uh, patreon.com slash rare drop. Uh, we do all sorts of exclusive stuff, including, and I'm very excited about this, 
Uh, we are doing a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, but it's a D and D campaign. So that's going to be <gasps> September six, or that's going to be December sixteenth at five thirty. Uh, we'll be on Patreon, and then we obviously will be releasing it everywhere else as well. But patrons get to see it first, and also they get to see it live. So if you want to take uh, place or you want to take part in that, uh, please sign up. It's going to be a good time. Uh, so that's my pitch. As far as a podcast, if you enjoy this or you learn anything, please share this podcast. You can rate and subscribe. That's neat. But the thing I care about most is please share this with somebody that you thought of while you were listening to the podcast. Somebody here you were like, oh, so-and-so has been asking this. They they should know. Send it to them. Like, text it to them right now. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you again, Janessa. We will have a uh, – everyone have an excellent evening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, everybody.